episode 133. So just fuck, I forget like every fucking episode. Episode 133 of Fried Squirms. We're starting way later in the night than normal, but I think it was all worth it. We're going to be talking about laid to rest, which I think is what we're going to do to ourselves once we're done recording this. I think you're right, yeah. (laughs) But shit, we are now moving into October. Halloween's coming up. So as a special treat for all you listeners out there, (laughs) the next three episodes leading up to our Halloween episode are all going to be themed. Thing is, we're not going to tell you the theme. (laughs) We don't know what your prize will be yet, but the first person to guess the theme, we will go out of our way and be unlazy, and we will find some way to get you guys something special. I think that's a good idea, yeah. It'll be worth it, especially if you can piece it together. Yeah, so keep that in mind. This episode and the next two after this are all three going to have a theme. Exactly. Now, I will say this disclaimer. There are a few of our friends who are aware because I might have told them. So So we'll know in advance. We'll know that in advance. You guys don't get to win. Fuck you. Sorry, but that's the way it works. But you listeners out there, feel free to hit us up and be like, I think I guessed it. Yeah. And you're probably not going to get it just from us talking about laid to rest today. But at the end of this episode, you'll have your first hint by knowing what we're going to do next week. I think so, yeah. And then next week, you'll get your last hint. And then we'll see if anybody wins by the time we come around to Halloween. Yeah, I think that's a good way to kickstart our Halloween episode, too. So that'll be fun. I agree. In the meantime, how was your week? Pretty good, dude. So for the most part, a lot of practice with soccer. One game on this past Thursday... Weekend's been pretty chill for the most part, just watching a little bit of football, both American and English football. So doing that, tried to catch the first, I guess, two episodes of Creepshow, which Mm. premiered this past Thursday, and then just getting caught up on this film. So for the most part, pretty laid back. How about yourself? I don't remember anything from this past week since we just got done hanging up this new shit on the walls. Oh, they look so good. Go follow us on the Instagram. We'll be putting up pictures here soon, so you can check out how we just decked out our recording studio a little bit. But I've been waiting for this shit to come in for the last couple of weeks, so I can't think of much else right now except for the <laughs> fact that I'm staring up at a big, just beautiful-looking black Phillip head, as well as some fucking Herbert West. Oh, yeah, dude. To add to some dog soldiers. Then I'm going to throw pictures up. I hadn't put a picture of the dog soldiers up on the gram yet either, and so that'll be going up soon. That's a sweet poster too. as well, yeah. Uh, and that's still also really recent. That was only, like, what, like two weeks ago I got that yeah, and something so. like that? So, And, of course, my good old tusk. Yeah, dude. You can't go wrong with that. I mean, you got creep show over there, too. But, I mean, I was looking more at the new stuff, which is looks so three good. in the middle here. and uh, I've been waiting for these, so... <laughs> I'm stoked. Yeah, well worth the wait for sure. In fact, that's kind of horror news related. What other horror news is going on out in the world? Right, so I did catch quite a few. (laughs) Yeah, so I I caught quite a few news articles that I thought was worth mentioning. And I'll start off by mentioning that Fabio Fritti, who we've covered before because of his score for Lucio Fulci's The Beyond, well, coincidentally enough, he has released his new composer's cut. For his score for that particular film so Ooh. it's available for purchase it is a dope fucking score most of the italian horror film scores from that time period Where can I find this? Is it are just so anywhere? good i'm going to be listening to that because was it voki del nola is the main theme something like that it's fucking brilliant I'm after we covered that movie i listened to that song for like three weeks straight <laughs> so it looks like cadabra this is it looks like the distributor 
says they are thrilled to present the Beyond Composer's Cut as a deluxe double LP pressed on 160 gram colored vinyl. Yeah, dude, so it's going to be awesome. It says it comes with a four panel fold out insert, an 11 by 11 inch insert, a huge 24 by 36 poster, as well as exclusive liner notes by Fabio Fritzi himself. And there's like three different versions that you can buy, and I'm looking at them. And, man, they look so good. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's got, yeah, double vinyl, four sides. going to be sick. All right, so moving along, I have some news concerning the film Satanic Panic. So it looks like RLJE Films, they are delivering uh, to DVD and Blu-ray this October. Actually, one of the vendors for our store told me he watched it recently, and he said it was really good. So he's one of those guys that likes a lot of the Giallo's like I just mentioned as well. So for those who are fans or looking forward to watching Satanic Panic, that will be available on October 22nd. So that's going to be pretty cool. Looks like a making of Satanic Panic and stuff like that too will be included. Nice. All right, so the next bit of news I have is another release, Arrow Video. They have announced that they're releasing The Exorcist Part 3 for their UK Blu-ray release with Legion Director's Cut. So... I did see that one way back in the 90s. It has Brad Dourif in it. It's a really good one, I think, because of the time period it was shot into. It's starting to get more of a cult following, so pretty excited about that. And you can't go wrong with Arrow release. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. Never, ever. No. All right, the next bit of news I have involves a film entitled Pumpkinhead, for those who are fans. Ooh, Pumpkinhead. Yeah, note-for-note music, they are bringing the Pumpkinhead soundtrack to vinyl for the first time. So, it looks like it's limited to an edition of 300 translucent pumpkin orange LPs, and they are up for pre-order. Guess who doesn't remember what the Pumpkinhead soundtrack sounds like? You and me both. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm excited that it's happening, and that's fucking awesome. That's the cover. That's the art. cover. Yeah, it's fucking sick. So yeah, that's, that's gonna be sick. awesome. I I like vinyl, man. I like soundtracks. I might have to look for that. All right, I've got three other bits of news, and that pretty much rounds out what I found interesting for the week. But it's a film we've talked about. One we've actually done a little bit of a mini episode for, and that was the more recent Halloween from last year. Well, it looks like there's gonna be a returning star from the original. So Nancy Stevens, who portrayed Nurse Marion Chambers in the original film, she was the one that was in the car with Dr. Loomis when Michael escaped. Right, okay. Yeah, so she is returning. We talked about the fact that Kyle Richards is returning as Lindsay Wallace. We also talked about the fact that Anthony Michael Hall is taking over the role for Tommy Doyle. And Robert Longstreet is going to be playing Lonnie Elam. And Lonnie, if anybody remembers is the kid that Dr. Loomis tells him to get the hell out of there before he and the sheriff go in there and he gets spooked and draws his gun. Oh, man. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting, man. So all your favorite characters. Uh, pretty much, yeah. I enjoyed the more recent Halloween. thought they did a really good job. I did too. Yeah, she is returning for Halloween Kills, that is. All right, so the next bit of news I have involves Barbara Crampton, favorite of the show. Ooh. Another one of those reanimated stars. Well, she is talking about the new Castle Freak movie, and she's saying that the story is completely different. Although it is a remake, per se, it's more of a reimagining. 
And she says that they're going to retell the story. It has a different premise. It says the characters are all different. So there's a few similarities. So there is a freak, there is a castle, and there is a character named Rebecca and a character named John. So we'll see what happens. I know that was one that Stuart Gordon did way back in the day, which would make sense why she's a part of it as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, be pretty interesting. All right, and this is one I know you and I have talked about because we're both fans of the original because of Never Forget Day. But Tony Todd is rumored rumored to be coming back as the Candyman in the Jordan Peele-produced sequel. So exciting. Dude, that is awesome. Like, I would have been happy had he just been in it, you know, like, as Candyman. That'd be cool. As Candyman is, like, way more than I hoped for. Yeah, exactly. I was hoping they'd put him as, like, a janitor in the background. Yeah, just something to pay homage, you know. Mm -hmm. But to have him come back as Candyman... Or it's like, oh, I don't know, like a professor at a college Just anything, or something. yeah. Yeah, yeah I would have yeah. been happy. But the exciting news, too, is that it is slated for a June 12th, 2020 release. So I'm really excited about mm-hmm. that. But yeah, that pretty much rounds out the news of the week that I found interesting. You know, we talked about what we've been up to, some of the posters that you just put up. And man, good week so far. Yeah. Ooh, I mean... This is another one of those times where it's truly getting into the guts and bolts. It is. Of late to rest. Guts and bolts. Guts and bolts for laid to rest. Oh, God. Let's see here. Fucking synopsis. Yeah, it's just a brief, spoiler-free synopsis. A gal wakes up with a head injury and temporary amnesia in a casket and has to get away from her captor while piecing together what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah. Done in kind of a traditional slasher fashion. Totally agree with all of that. You know, we talk about our cast or crew from week to week, and this week we're going to talk about writer and director Robert Hall. And Robert is known for such films as Lightning Bug. He also helped with the Fair Clinic television series way back in 2009. He did, this is a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, but he did do the follow-up Chrome Skull, Late to Rest Part 2. He also helped with the Teen Wolf television series from 2013 and 14. He also did the Fear Clinic film, and he's also done the television movie Memento Mori. And we should point out that most of the time, he's special effects guy. Yeah, he's known for special effects. So That's it his was bag. his effects that popped up in oh geez he's been around for a while because mm-hmm. he's done effects on like angel he's done effects on buffy he's done effects on firefly there was one that really stood out to me what was it risk cutters a love story stood out that's to me such a good I film of that movie yeah but i really wanted to bring up oh creature effects crew on jumanji oh nice hell yeah how nuts is that that's dope man plus a painter for ace ventura he was additional live effects on The Relic. That's pretty awesome. Which I've been saying we should do for a bit now. Because yeah. I really dig that movie. <laughs> However, I also haven't seen that movie since 1999. <laughs> and I'm wondering how much I'm still going to love that movie. Anyway. Time will tell, right? Fucking Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, some big projects for sure. X-Files? Yeah. Oh, and Go of Mars. I fucking love Go of Mars. Those are the ones that I really wanted to bring up. Like, this dude worked on some effects. And I don't know if he was, like, a main effects guy. I think he was just, like, part of the crew. But he's still 
in on some fucking movies that I really, really dig. So Yeah, no doubt. It's a good way to, to let people know he's got his hands on a lot of really cool stuff. It probably explains a lot about this movie. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so moving along, our cinematographer is Scott Winnick, and he also helped with the Fair Clinic television series way back in 2009. He also helped with the film The Monkey's Paw. He was a cinematographer on the film Animal. He also helped with the segment Trick in the film Tales of Halloween. You might have seen his work on The Last Movie Star, the film Extremity, and more recently, Doom Patrol, the television show from mm-hmm. 2019. I fucking love Doom Patrol. Yeah, dude. Our editor is Andrew Bentler. He's known for editing such films as The Thirst, Blood War, the film Pandemic, Hollywood is Hard, the television series from 2011 through 13, the film Dragon Eyes, and more recently, the television series Z Nation in 2015. Nice. Yeah. The special effects were done by Almost Human Digital. They helped with the visual effects, and Almost Human helped with the makeup effects. It's all the same conglomerate. All right, this film was produced by Bobby Sue Luther and Chang Seng. Production companies were Dry County Films and... Did you say... Oh, wait, I'm not going (laughs) to... I'm going to hold off on that one. Gotcha. (laughs) Production companies were Dry County Films and Mutoscope Pictures. The distributors, Anchor Bay Entertainment for the 2009 United States theatrical release and the DVD release, and it was released on March 18th, 2009. All right, so moving along to our cast, I'll lead off also with our producer, because she is the main actress in this film, and that is Bobby Sue Luther. She plays the role of the girl. You can call it Princess Gemstone if you want as well. Princess. <laughs> That's what I had as my notes. Now, she's been in such films as Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. She was also in the Poughkeepsie Tapes, believe it or not. She was in the remake. Which one was Josephine? I can't remember. I'd have to think. It's one of the victims. Is she bouncing on the fucking ball? I could see that, considering who she is. Right? Yeah, I can see that. I'm not mad now. (laughs) All right, she was also in the remake of Night of the Demons in the film Made in Romania. And she was one time married to our director in this film. And I actually recognized her as being the host of TLC's Junkyard Mega Wars because nice. I watched that with my dad. So Nice, dude. <laughs> All right, let's move along. Our next actor I have is Kevin Gage. He plays the role of Tucker in this film. He's known for such films as The Burbs. He was in the film Heat. He had an uncredited role in Con Air. He was also in the film G.I. Jane, the film Strangeland, Knock Around Guys. Is he just Guys. a random con in Con Air? He... I'm trying to think. His name was Mangro. No, 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 no. Because he's usually uh, a Connor. bad guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Mangro in Heat, and that's what a lot of people know him for, which is right. kind of neat. Uh, he was also in the film May, which is uh, one of those Lucky McKee films, really mm-hmm. good. He was also in the film Lightning Bug, the film Fear Clinic, and the film Paparazzi. All right, an actress. I can't believe he's in this film, but she is. We've actually talked about her before because we've covered her. And The Purge, and I'm talking about Lena Headey. Yeah, she plays the role of that Cindy. fucked me up for years, and then suddenly Game of Thrones came along, and I was like, oh, it's Headey? What? Ah, I'll, <laughs> I'll heed it from now on. All right, so along with the fact that we covered her in The Purge, she was in such films as The Jungle Book. She was in The Brothers Grimm. I think she got her real claim to fame in the film 300. She was also part of the Terminator series, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Motherfucking Sarah Connor. Yeah, dude, that was back in 2008 and 9. When she, I think it's no longer going to be canon, thanks to the new movie. I know, right? Which, hey, the Sarah Connor Chronicles were pretty good. It had a pretty good run, it too. It was those other movies that sucked. Uh, yeah, it's no fault <laughs> of its own, right? 
She was also a part of the film Dread. We've mentioned that she was on the Game of Thrones as Cersei Lannister from 2011 through 2019. She was also in That's the right, Dark Motherfucker Crystal. Cersei. Yeah, she was in the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance television series, which is really cool. All right, another name we've talked about several times. Actually, I think he's slowly becoming one of our favorites on the show. Sean Whalen. Yeah, dude. He plays the role of Steven in this film. Now, we've talked about him for our episodes of The People Under the Stairs. He was also in Idle Hands. We've talked about him in Death House, more recently in The Three from Hell. He's also been in such films as Batman Returns, Jury Duty, Waterworld, Twister, The Cable Guy, That Thing You Do. He was also in Never Been Kissed, Men in Black, Charlie's Angels, Halloween 2. He's just a character actor, and it's good to see him in this film, too. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, hell yeah. So moving along, we have a pretty well-known actor, Richard Lynch. He's in it for a little bit. He plays like the funeral director in this film, Mr. Jones. Some of the films I have him in are some really cool horror films. He goes back, all the way back to the horror film, The Premonition. He was in Larry Cohen's God Told Me To. He was also in William Peter Blatty's The Ninth Configuration dope-ass film i think he won an award or a few for his role in the sword and the sorcerer he was also in the horror film bad dreams he was in puppet master part three he was in the necronomicon book of the dead he's also in rob zombies halloween and the lords of salem all right moving along i have jonathan sheck had to look up how to say his last name (laughs) but he plays the role of johnny and another one of those guys who was in that thing you do just he's becoming the lead a, singer. Say he's becoming a popular thread around here since you mentioned mm-hmm. it. <laughs> he was also in the films The Forsaken. He was in the segment The Washingtonians in the Masters of Horror series. I have yet to see that of the Masters of Horror series, but the short story that it's based off of, I have read upwards of 20 times. Nice, dude. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty decent episode. I did episode. not know he was in that episode. There I'm going to have to finally get around to watching that if episode. If it's still on Tubi, check it out. Oh, that's right. They had a bunch of the Masters yeah. of Horror shit, didn't they? Hell yeah, they did. He was also in the remake of Prom Night. Wait, can we stop this for just for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go off on this little thing that we <laughs> found. This This probably would have done better before we got into the Guts and Bolts, but since we just brought up Tubi, for all of you fucking horror fiends out there, people like us that like want to watch some good horror shit, Tubi's fucking free. And there's a lot of shit on there. There is. And there's a lot of good shit on there. I was going to say, we don't mean... you're willing to dig. (laughs) Yeah, complete shit. I mean, there are some like... There uh, is some complete shit on there. I'll probably never see this, but once you sift through, there's like, man, I can't believe how many good films are all the way towards the bottom, just as well as the top. Yeah, they hide them all the way through. You're not going to get like all the good ones up front. You're going to be sitting there like scrolling through it And you're like, holy shit, they got this? Fuck, they have some good shit. And... If you want an easy way to watch some really extreme shit... Oh, yeah, buddy. We've covered Atros. It's on there. Yeah. There's a couple other unearthed features on there. It's surprising. Uh, I'm glad they do. And uh, American Guinea Pig Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yeah. They still have Francesca, which is more of a giallo on there. But yeah, they mm-hmm. got some really good ones. But we actually scrolled through their entire horror offering the other day. And... Holy shit. We were blown away by some of the things that are available for free to watch right now. So go check that out if you're a fan. Oh, yeah. And it's not just horror, too. Like, if you're a fan of genre in particular, you're going to find all kinds of cool shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay. Jonathan, he was also in such films as the follow-up to this film, believe it or not, and Chrome Skull Late to Rest Part 2. He was also in the television series Ray Donovan from 2013. He was in the Dawn of the Dead Bloodline film. And more recently, he was in DC's Legends of Tomorrow 
from 2016 through 2018. Wait, holy shit. I didn't realize that Johnny Sheck was Jonah Hex. You said Legends of Tomorrow. I hadn't looked up his full filmography because I'm like, oh, it's just the fucking singer from... That thing you do? Yeah. Whatever. I didn't even recognize him as being Jonah Hex, and that is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, Oh, my God. I fucking love Legends of Tomorrow, and he has been great as Jonah Hex. Awesome, man. (laughs) All right, moving along. I have Thomas Decker. He plays the role of Tommy. He's one of the rave boys in this film. Now, he goes back because he was in the film Village of the Damned, he voiced Littlefoot, for those who are familiar with the Land Before Time movies. So Thomas has also been in the film Horror. He was a part of the Sarah you Connor Chronicles. I had to put it down. Now, he actually played John Connor, mm-hmm. and yeah, which is really cool. He was also in the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. He returns in Chrome Skull, Late to Arrest Part 2. And he was also in the film Fear Clinic. All right, moving along, I have Nick Principe. He plays the role of Chrome Skull. He was in such films as The Thirst. He was in Hatchet Part 2. He's also in Chrome Skull, Late to Rest Part 2. He was in the film Army of the Damned. He was in the Friday the 31st segment of Tales of Halloween. He was also in The Purge Election Year, in the film's Extremity, and an upcoming film, which is in post-production, Baphomet. Hmm. All right, Jana Kramer plays a role of Jamie. She's the girlfriend of Johnny's character in this film. She's been in such things as Return of the Living Dead. That's the Necropolis film. She was also in the film Click. You might have seen her in Friday Night Light, television series back in 2007 and 8. She was also in the remake of Prom Night. She was in Entourage back in 2009. Entourage. And she was also more famously known for her role in One Tree Hill from 2009 all the way through 2012. Now, at one time, I think she was married to Jonathan Sheck. Oh, okay. Which makes sense. All right, moving along, I have Lucas Till. He plays the young store clerk in the film. It's fucking Havoc from the new X-Men movies. Dude, I know. How awesome is that? He was in the film Dance of the Dead. One thing he has in common with this state is that he was in Hannah Montana. (laughs) (laughs) The movie, that is. You mean that all of us were in Hannah Montana? Yeah. Well, at least Montana. (laughs) He was also a part of the television series Fear Clinic. He was in Battle Los Angeles. You made mention that he was in X-Men, First Class, and Days of Future Past. He's also in the film Stoker, and more recently, he plays the role of MacGyver in the new MacGyver television series. He's fucking MacGyver? Yeah. Okay. I knew that they were doing a new MacGyver, but I was like, Still I running. didn't pay attention. Me either. All right, I've got two more actors in that round that are cast. I have Anthony Fitzgerald. He's the other half of that raver duo. He plays the role of Anthony. He was all the way back in The Mighty Ducks. He went uncredited in that role. He was also uncredited in Jingle All the Way. I gotta say that they really fucking Tony Dan said this entire thing. They did, they? man. They got a bunch of people who has been in Jonathan some cool shit. Jonathan Sheck is Johnny. Yeah. Thomas Decker is Tommy. Anthony Fitzgerald is Anthony. Anthony right. It's Tony Dan's all over again. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> a few other roles that Anthony's been in. He was also in the film Horror. He was in Chrome Skull, Laid to Rest Part Two. He was also in GBF. And he's in the more recent film, The Hideout. All right, Sarah DeYoung, she plays the bound girl in the film. She was a part of Breaking Bad television series in 2008. I think she was in one of the episodes. Mm. She was also in the film Bullet, which stars Danny Trejo. She was a part of the American Horror Story television series from 2018, which would have been the Apocalypse, okay. I think, themed one. She was also in SWAT, the television series from 2018 and 19. Yeah, she was in the 
television series forever. Yeah, it's a good. I mean, it's a good theme song. She was also in the television series Good Trouble more recently here in 2019. Okay. So, yeah, that rounds out our cast, our crew. You gave us a synopsis. We got to give warnings. Yeah, this film warrants some warnings. Oh, yeah. So, this is a movie made by a visual effects artist. So, what do you think that means? Good gore. Good gore, blood. Tits, language. Tits, language. Not as much language as you would figure. No, 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 no. I, I agree with you there. Well, yeah. Look, the gore is good there. enough that you, like, this is hard R gore. Yeah, so, for sure. For sure. That's the biggest thing to be on the lookout for. But yeah, I'm trying to think anything else aside of that. I mean, it's a. I don't really think. You said it was pretty much a slasher. Yeah, I mean, it's that's pretty much a slasher. Pretty much what this is. So that's kind of what to be expecting is pretty much a slasher. Yeah. Not quite a <laughs> traditional slasher, but definitely not so far removed that it's something different i agree i guess with that let's get into talking about laid to rest and i mean we already mentioned i'm fucking chrome skull (laughs) (laughs) how does that make you squeal all right laid to rest is at least one thing i feel like i should address right out of the gate and i think it'd be kind of fun to talk about it still doesn't add up to me but (laughs) we mentioned lena Headey. She's in this movie for all of about four minutes. Yeah, of that. They drew Barrymore. <laughs> for sure. She's not right off in the beginning of the movie, but, you know, like, pretty much as soon as she's introduced, she's the first one to go, right? Precisely, yeah. So who owed who a favor to get Lena on this? Because I was looking at her filmography. I was trying to figure it out because she's not Cersei yet. No, this is pre-Cersei. She's not Mama yet. But... Only two years prior, she was Queen Gorbo. Good point. So she is the get right now. Yeah. Well, or I didn't. Right now, being when this movie yeah. was made. So at the time, too, she was in the uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles, of course. Which a lot of them have a connection to. They do. And I know that part of this movie involved Bobby Sue Luther calling in favors. Absolutely. But who owed who a favor to get fucking. I would imagine, yeah, something to, to have get to do Lena with. on this. Because you know director. she showed up for a day. If that, yeah. Out of what, it was a 24-day shoot, did I read? Yeah, it was six days a week for four weeks. Okay. Yeah, 24 days. So she was on set for a day. Yeah, because she wasn't needed very much. Half a day. You're right. She was doing somebody a solid because somebody was owed a favor. <laughs> and I don't bring this up in a way to like take the movie No, no, down no, but there's like... Or man. to take down Lena or anybody involved no really. of course not or to say that calling in favors is wrong no that's sometimes that's how you get this shit done that's awesome like i'm yeah. glad that they Social made this movie working, man. but it's so weird because i'm like she was just queen gorgo and then she's in this while she's also sarah connor like she's playing one of the most famous women in sci-fi history hands and down. then she's doing this movie that i think a lot of people have never fucking heard of I wanted to just sort of hit that right off the bat because it was so confusing to me that I didn't even know that. I was like, I might not be the biggest Lena Headey fan, but thanks to her showing up in so many fucking things that I love, she's definitely someone that whenever I hear her name, my ears perk up and I'm like, oh, and I pay a little bit more attention to whatever that is. And this is going all the way back in the day because I had the 1994 VHS jungle book nice and watched it fucking nonstop. so So you're familiar (laughs) it's awesome yeah she's fucking kitty bryden see 
I'm not even looking yeah. at it. I'm not looking at any notes. Well, no, She's you, Kitty Bryant. Yeah. It's like you grew up with it, you know. <laughs> Which is awesome, dude. So, yeah, there are some names like that in this film. I'm like, wow. Same thing. I'm like, it's awesome. It's really cool seeing that because it shows you, like, these connections that people have, too. Sheck was on set less than Lena. Janet Kramer, too, like, being in One Tree Hill and shows like that. Mm-hmm. She's, like, right on the cusp of it, so... Oh, yeah. Had One Tree started yet? I think it was the year huge. after. Okay. Yeah, like right after this was shot. So yeah, because this on is still upward. like three years before Cersei. If Lena had been Cersei at this point, even calling in favors, they wouldn't have gotten Yeah, I, don't, I can't see that happening. Not in this situation. But yeah. it just shows you, too. It's like it's neat seeing how horror has its roots with people who do work on large projects. It's like a lot of stars usually get their break in horror. And then go on to do bigger and brighter, which is cool too. Also, I want to say that she's fantastic for the four minutes she's in this movie. I thought she, she was might believable. Be the best actress in this movie for the four minutes. Yeah, I'd say actress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, we can go into the movie. I just that <laughs> Lena thing was bugging me all day, where I'm like, who owed who a favor? Because yeah, I know who she is at this point. I think for the most part, if you're into pop culture, you should know who she is. Mm-hmm. At this point, of course, once again being when this movie came out. Yeah. Which no, I, had, I didn't know about this movie until we were trying to figure out things last week on what we were Yeah, watch. for me, it was probably within the last just couple of years, last two or three years tops. And that's because of films like Hatchet and whatnot. I just knew it was kind of oh, a yeah, sort of subgenre. new wave of slashers that pay homage to the older ones yeah. that's kind of been going on lately. Which is cool. Yeah, I just knew it was it. a part of that wave of horror films. So, yeah, this gave us a good excuse to visit it for obvious reasons. But I'm glad we did because it's still an interesting film nonetheless. Fuck, we get Chrome Skull. Yeah. This this movie's worth it for Chrome Skull. Chrome Skull's dope. Just like Terrifier's worth it for Art the Clown. Yeah. This it's like, movie's worth it for Chrome Skull. you got to take into account, and I've heard this is what Bobby Sue said, that, that this film was shot, of course, for less than half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. 24 days to shoot it mostly in and around like southern maryland and it's because she had contacts she grew up in the area a million i wouldn't have guessed much more than that because i can tell this was pretty low budget but just based on how good some of the effects are but i guess that's what you get when your director is an effects guy yeah he probably knows little shortcuts to save some money say there was one time where i was kind of confused on why they went to a cg effect yeah i know what you're saying we can talk about that because it was still (laughs) dope (laughs) no doubt yeah, so this film was super indie, right? I like it. I mean, it's, it has a really cool concept. Like I said, the killer is really good with Chrome Skull. Something that I wonder if they're trying to set this in North Carolina because it's set in Asheville. And I was like, I started doing my research. I wanted to see how many places were named Asheville, specifically with an E. And right. it's the only one. There's some other Ashevilles. I want to say somewhere maybe in Pennsylvania. And that is the right kind of area of the country to go up a holler. Right. But I was also thinking, too, if you look at the tapes, they're all set around the southeast, Mm -hmm. which would make sense that they're in North Carolina at that point. So, anywho, I was like, well, first of all... The holler tipped me off. The holler is definitely a tip-off. The second thing for (laughs) me thinking about it is like, well, first I know there's no such thing as an Asheville County, because Asheville is actually in Buncombe County, because I've been there I don't know how many times. But anyway... One of the first notes I have is the second time through. I didn't know the first time through, but the second time through when Princess finally comes out of the casket for the first time. Right. And she's starting to like slowly come to, makes the phone call. She's looking around to see what's familiar to her. And one of the things I noticed is like, oh, 
That's Steven's mom on the autopsy table with the Y incision. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that at first, but it made sense the second time through. I didn't notice that either time through. Yeah, and then you get to see she's looking for the Y incision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which immediately reminded me of flowers. <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. Oh, that's fucked up. That's no, flowers. I have to say my first note actually occurs before she wakes up. Nice. And it's that someone stole the collector's opening. <laughs> <laughs> they did <laughs> yeah it's funny that you were showing me some of that new metal stuff mm-hmm. the videos it's like it kind of feels like a little bit this is a movie made in 2008 that feels like it was made in 2002 yeah it sure does dude that's a good way of looking at that in weird ways this also reminded me a lot of joyride in weird ways a little bit yeah i can see that but i was just like <laughs> fucking collector <laughs> it certainly does you're gonna give me these really edgy fucking fast cuts okay yeah which is not bad. I mean, considering, once again, it's an indie, low budget, but it was cool. it's still good. Honestly, for what they were doing. with how cool some of the shit that they were showing, I didn't mind it was all these weird flash cuts. I just wish it was just like half a second slower on the cuts. I know what you're saying. So you yeah. could see, because it looked like they were showing you some really cool effects work, well, to yeah, be too, honest. Too and I wanted quick. to be able to, yeah. to focus and be like, oh, fuck, that looked awesome. Oh, fuck, that looked awesome. Yeah, I didn't because want to sit there and hit pause every second either. Like I said, the second time through definitely helps piece together what you're seeing you know like mm-hmm. oh that's pretty fucked up because i was noting too like eventually you learned what it sounds like he has his victims plotted out like he's looking for a specific type of victim well and the other thing that happens during that credits and i had this weird reaction where i was overjoyed and like started laughing because i was like oh this is where this movie is gonna go and this is both really fucked and that was the other thing. The other half of it is like, this is extremely fucked up, but also really fun because this is going to be just, I can tell from the, the mashup of this opening with this fucked up concept that this movie is going to go fun places. And that's the, I'm not a little piggy. Yeah. As soon as she said that, I was like, that's super fucked up. But that combined with how the rest of this credit sequence looks like is letting me know exactly where this movie is going to go. And I am on board. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> Then I was not as on board as I thought I was going to be. but <laughs> I was kind of in the same boat. Mainly, and I hate to say this because she does a fairly decent job. But Bobby Sue. I did see this too. Like, the director. She's he, not bad. She's just no, not good. She's just, yeah, exactly. No, she's, she's capable, but this is not really her part, if that no. makes sense. It's not really for her. There's no discredit to her acting at all. It's just. She does a. I think there's a lot. Of people that would be way worse choices. Oh, no doubt. But something about her performance feels like a performance. It doesn't feel real. Yes, thank you. Feels a little forced. Yeah, because it's like, man, if she's trying to be a scream queen, she's not really a scream queen. No. You know? But that's and I was what... kind of hoping, too. I was hoping at some point in the movie she'd make the turn. Yeah, likewise. Or find it. And I think there's a couple... I mean... She has her moments, for she sure. She has her moments where she doesn't do bad her character is a little weird to begin with to be honest yeah i know and that's i, a I feel critique. like she was trying to play into the character maybe and well, just, i can understand at the expense of making it feel real <laughs> yeah yeah because it's not really an easy thing to pull off is it's strange. weird yeah i watched a couple of different reviews and i think most people that's going to be a major critique is like that's a weird kind of type of amnesia to have is like you can string together sentences but you can't really describe exactly i was in the dead box nouns and yeah it's like uh, i think you can but yeah i know what you're saying even way later as she started to come like 
an hour into the movie when she sees the funeral home. She's just like, this is where I'm from. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, some of the crying, too, was just like, uh, and rather just not. And not ratcheting it up enough at other times. Like when Tucker's wife, when fucking Lena Headey gets killed. Oh, dude, that was ridiculous. Like, the kill she was, was awesome. She was too calm. She was telling him the right things. Right. I was kind of appreciative of the fact that her character was capable in that moment, but she did not seem to be in that moment. No. It's like they were probably super tired. <laughs> had to shoot that a bunch of times. Like that scene in particular was flat at the beginning. It's like, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> right? But it has redeeming qualities for sure. Like like that kill? That kill was sick. That was what? good. That was really good. I was like, ooh, I didn't see that coming. And the eye starts to move. Oh. That, see, that's good. That's really good. That's kind of worth the price of admission. That kill is worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. Some Which, of the other shit is just like... I noted that was the actual second kill in the film. The first one was the rebar through Mr. Which Jones. Which you could barely see. Right. Because it's quick, too, because as soon as she opens the door, it also impales Chrome Skull's eye. Which I actually missed the first time through. Yeah, it really is confused. super quick. I was really confused when his eyes started bleeding later in the movie. Yeah, I had to do the same thing. I, I think I rewound it twice and like, what the fuck just happened? Is that? Oh, okay, that was just super quick. Yeah. So anyhow, she's the second death, Cindy, and it's weird in the sense because of uh, Prentice. You know, she's out on the road. Tucker picks her up. Lena was completely right about her as well, though. I had that in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this film actually has some clever writing. Like, there's some foreshadow moments in this film. That being, I think, the first one. One thing made me really groan, but we'll get to that. But Yeah. That I thought was neat because I'd forgotten about it till the second time through. That's I'm like, funny, man. Oh, yeah. When she first showed up, she's like, she's probably one of those meth heads. Look at the way she's dressed. Probably a prostitute. I was like, yep. She's actually... I said, Cindy calls out Princess for possibly being a prostitute. Because we find out much later. She's a prostitute. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm just trying to see what's up with them Swedish blowjabs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I read, I don't know if you read the Urban Dictionary Swedish, definition. No, I didn't. <laughs> so We're just going to bounce all around this I know. Page. So what's for those, Swedish blowjob? All right. It's not what she does, right? Yeah, it's okay. All right. So the Urban Dictionary of this is anybody can look it up, but it's when... You're in the middle of a sex act, and your partner tells you to stop. And if you don't stop when they tell you to, then it's basically like uh, they do an unforeseen anal (laughs) penetration on you, right? And it's also another term for, like, I think putting a pin through someone's penis hole. Yeah, something of that nature. So it's a variation of those two. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Some of it has to do with uh, sodomy, just to put it that way. Yeah, so at the beginning, you're right. There's her calling her out for thinking she might be a prostitute. We don't know that at the beginning, but much later we do find that out, which is neat. So one thing, too, to note is the fact that Chrome Skull likes to record what I put as his adventures, which is uh, a very important key to understanding his character. Sorry, I was still looking up Swedish blowjob. (laughs) No, it's just like right after Cindy dies, right? That's his second death, as I was kind of mentioning along with the Swedish blowjob, is that once Tucker and her drive off, whatever they're doing, is that's when you get Jonathan Check as Johnny and Jana Kramer, oh, Jamie, up. 
which leads to the third and fourth deaths, which are pretty dope. I thought it was really funny that the lead singer of That Thing You Do got knifed through the fucking mouth. That was awesome. <laughs> also, that knife throw convinced me that there's a lot of times later on in the movie that Chrome Skull could have killed her, but he just was out of his tape. Exactly. Because when, when she was trying to free the bound girl, all he would have had to do is... That was it. It's done. Done. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's other times too, but that one's easy. Like, oh, She's yeah. just out in the open and just... He had other motives for her. So, the third kill is Johnny. You mentioned that, and but then slicing his face off—that was awesome. Spraying yes. all kinds of blood, and then Jamie gets out of the car, and then when she runs off, he winds up like, oh yeah, getting, gutting her, getting the gut. <laughs> that was pretty good he got too. Got all up in them guts. He did. It wasn't like the overdone where you know all your guts fall out. It's like I like how it took a second, and she, it was like when she turned, yep. it was like, oh, I was no, like, that oh, was that's so good. That was a good one. And then the next thing I have of note is when they run into Sean Whalen, his character, Steven. When they run into him, that brought up one of my big notes, though. When is this set? Precisely, all right? Because, all right, for one thing, and this is in Asheville's defense... <laughs> Is they have cable modems and they have phones that you can use readily available anywhere outside the county as well. But you and bunk them. And this is two thousand. I mean, two thousand nine. This would have been filmed in two thousand eight. So I mean, that's eleven years ago now. But it seemed more like it was sixteen, seventeen years ago. <sighs> yeah, I would say it could get by, like you were saying, early two thousands, possibly even late nineties, like ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. With the computer and how tech illiterate everyone oh, was. And... I put, that's my note, was like when they do run into him and he's like, oh yeah, I don't, he doesn't have a phone, but he's going to email him. And the implication was that like that was kind of his life. Like he's kind of an introvert inside, mama's boy. Right. And his shit's this whack. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker is writing emails to the police department. I'm like, who the who the fuck has ever done that? And if you are the person that does that, your shit is better than what he has. Oh my god. If that shit was ridiculous. If you are that person that's doing everything online, then your shit is better than that. Well, that's the kind of funny line, too. I think that kind of throwaway line he has is, it's like, who needs this when you're in the age of technology? Mm-hmm. The golden age at that. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a little bit of that stuff. It's ridiculous. But one thing they do discover, though... Is once all gal, she's like having her little flashback moment in the bathroom. Is Stephen and Tucker, they're researching the serial killer. And they come across the fact that there is a guy who's killed or at least had over 30 victims from Florida, uh, they also Georgia, see and Bama. Bin Laden on the most wanted. They list. do. <laughs> Which would you lend its hand? I wrote down Bin Laden cameo. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. Which would lend its hand to would like that two thousand three four time period it's before he got killed, right? <laughs> Which is hilarious, and not only that, but apparently, it's said that the killer could be a doctor or surgeon, and he also tapes his murders and sends it to the police. Which, like I said, it's a big tip off to what this character does, perhaps who he is as well. And then also they have the printout from where. Princess went missing from Miami, which is revealed much later, too. So they never really go into it. Why do you think Tucker just held on to it and never showed her? 
Do you Maybe think because she had the them toots. Yeah, she had to toot. <laughs> the prior convictions. He's like, oh shit. I was like, all right, I'll put it this way. This is going to sound a little bit fucked up, but this is just for the sake of the movie. It's like, if you're going to have a toot, she's not a bad toot to have. <laughs> right? Right. I wouldn't feel ashamed. <laughs> oh, man. A little bit, but not much. <laughs> <laughs> they end up ditching from Sean Whalen's joint, and they're going to go hit the police, right? Grandma's got a governor chip. <laughs> I think Sean Whalen might be the best part of this movie. He was. There was a bunch Other of... Other than Chrome Skull and like yeah, yeah. the kills. No, Sean Whalen was awesome, dude. By the way, Chrome Skull is just dope looking. He's not like the best villain ever. No, no, no. He I, just... I compared this to Terrifier earlier. Like, yeah. Art is a better villain. I agree, but he has a cool aesthetic. But Chrome Skull is still a great addition to the pantheon of slashers. Absolutely. He's right up there with, like, so that new wave yeah. fits in. But Sean Whalen elevates this movie. It, he's good. His dude. comedy is fantastic throughout, and kept the thing I, I paid attention when he was on screen. Likewise, the thing I noted too is when he was delivering his lines, he didn't do them like over the top. They were no like even keeled. They were believable, even though you know even it's though like, he it's had goofy. some of the most ridiculous, like obviously scripted joke moments, but still oh, great. Yeah. Like, but you're right, they he still did, got oh, me. Like, I was still laughing. That's what I'm saying. I'm glad he didn't over-exaggerate what I'm getting at. And that lets me know that even though he probably knew he wasn't in the greatest film, he still delivered his performance the way it should have been. Mm -hmm. So, before I actually took my next note, I had read a little bit. Like, Chrome Skull was interesting enough that I read ahead a little bit. I'm like, oh, there's a second one. I didn't read all the small little details, but I saw a little bit of what it was about and this or that. So, I did have to write down, though, that even with... And this is a minor spoiler for what is to come, but in the second one you find out that there's kind of an organization and followers of Chrome Skull and people that sort of clean up after him. Nice. Even with that, I found it very ballsy to just go off the sheriff. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a normal cleanup job. That's an elected official. (laughs) That's true, man. And I was just like, oh, man, he just went and fucking... Oh, and that was nut. That was some. That good was gore. good. That was really good. The, 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 the police department, yeah. The deputy, the deputy especially, because the sheriff was kind of just fucked up on the bed. But yeah, but it was still good, man. Like that let me know. Even though you can pick apart this film because of its low budget and whatnot, it's like the moments where it should be good were good, and that's one of those in particular. Oh, and to go along with that, like the trap he set with just having the camera on there and she goes to investigate. Yeah. And the only reason she didn't get got right there is because Tucker was there. And the way he just come out of that closet behind her. That was good. Fucking killer. That That was was so good. good. (laughs) That was really good. Yeah. There was moments like that. One thing I do have to interject with, though, in that scene is when they do escape and Sean Whelan's left behind. It's like, it, they were so slow. It was a little painful. <laughs> but it was still good. I still like that. Oh, God. Where do we go from there? All right. This is where I think they're driving, right? Okay. And that's when she tells them to stop back at the oh, funeral home. she's like, I got to go remember something. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's I'm like, so fucking stupid. don't let her do this. That's so stupid. But the thing that I like actually lends its hand to maybe my favorite scene in the film. Okay. So that's when... Sean Whalen's character, Steven, stays in the car. He drives around the back and pulls it next to the hearse. And <laughs> that's when Chrome Skull fucks with him with his mom's corpse. 
<laughs> I like Chrome Skull just fucking with someone. That was like, I was like, man, I'm glad they're doing this because, yeah, it's schlocky, but it's funny. It actually, it's really good. <laughs> Why are you scaring me, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> and just the way, too, like, Chrome Skull has that fucking big knife in the back of her head. Just like, man, that's brutal. That's fucked up. He still has enough sense to fuck with him, knowing that is his mom. I like that. It's like, that might actually be my favorite scene in the entire film. And then that goes right back into they kind of get together and then Tucker needs to go back because he wants to get his gun and stuff. And then Sean has to watch her and she goes back off into that barn or whatever it is. Yeah, and he's also going to go move the wife's body before... The brother-in-law is supposed to show up. He doesn't know that he's already been killed. Which, that's another... I'm like, you know what? Like, I understand what you're trying to do, (laughs) but... It might be better off for you to just intercept the brother-in-law before he can even get to the house and maybe add his strength to yours to help fend off this fucking... Yeah, man, you need to team up at this point. Family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know where he's coming. Go get in the way down the road. Don't let him get to the house. No, yeah, that's a bad idea. But here's... But team up with him because <laughs> you know he's coming. Uh, he this... can be the Calvary. Let me know what you think about this. This is just... This is my own little comedy I'm putting in here. Right, so the moment that Tucker does get home, he has, which is a normal thing anybody would do. is Oh, he has his Mandy moment. Right, right, right. But I put in here, this is just a little bit of comedy. I said, is this Tucker or is this Kevin destroying the set because you can't believe he got roped into this movie? <laughs> oh, man. So, Speaking of Kevin... When you first told me Kevin Gage was in this movie, I completely thought of somebody completely different. And when I saw him, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I completely fucked up. In my head, before I actually put on the movie, I was thinking Kevin Graveau, who most people probably wouldn't know by name, but if they ever saw the first Underworld movie, (laughs) he's the big black werewolf with the impossibly low voice. That's funny, dude. And I just kept having moments throughout this movie where I'm like, this is a much different movie if Kevin Graveau's in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I think he's also like a cancer researcher, and I think he helped write Underworld. Oh, shit. That's really cool. If you guys ever saw the first Underworld, the lichen that sounds like his voice has been modulated lower, (laughs) but is in fact the dude's real voice. That's awesome is Kevin Graveau. And that's who I thought you meant until I turned off. Oh, dude, that would have been a different movie, wouldn't it? (laughs) Shit. God, at what point does she find... Because we're getting pretty close to her finally finding, like, a bunch of tapes. All right, so... Are we there yet? You're right, right, right. So, let's see here. (laughs) Because that's my next note. But my next note, I will say... Oh, okay, here it is. Here it is. All right. So, right before that, she finds the girl who is tied up in the coffin. Oh, the bound girl. Right. And then I was like, that's actually a really cool death. That was, yeah. That, that was, was actually cool. really good. That whole set is cool with just like all of his victims and And that's shit. what I put. I put that the head dismemberment part was really cool. Even when Tucker and Steven are like searching the barn in, in the coffins. I was like, the special effects for the corpses looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, they did. That was really cool. Yeah, practical um, was really good. And she ends up finding all those tapes. Right. And that's because they're all in the car. Tucker makes Steven go take a look in the trunk. Oh, right. <laughs> and he makes that grizzly find. See, the first time through, for some reason, it didn't land. And then the second time through, it was like, oh, shit, that's Cindy and his mom in the back. <laughs> yep. That's fucked up. I didn't, make that, I didn't make the connection the first time through either. But the second time through, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's fuck. fucked up. Because he, he goes like, 
who covers his mouth is you're like, oh damn, that's fucked up. And they have to carry it off and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, this movie's awesome. It's fucked up. <laughs> but you're right. She starts to watch the tape because she finds all those tapes in the she glove box. She finds all the tapes, and it's funny because she was <laughs> in it, but it immediately just reminded me of the Poughkeepsie tapes. Yeah, it does. It really does. And I was it's found footage. And especially with how much like Chrome Skull's obviously been getting away with it, and like. 30 plus victims and you start point. getting like you said the found footage aspect of the movie which sort of creeps in at this part and you get little snippets of pretty much through till the end almost yeah for the most part which i thought was actually pretty neatly done i liked it i, I liked it all and how it filled in like the mortician and the fucking yeah it makes sense for his character and the sheriff the and all that, that stuff he has an organization around it, um, it does there's something funky going on in that town mm-hmm. so i actually really liked all of that but even the second time through, knowing it was coming up, those tapes popped up again, and I'm like, Poughkeepsie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it felt good. I mean, as far as the way it was plotted, and it makes sense. Which would have came first? That's a They're good both made around the same time period? 2007. So, the year before? Basically. And probably hadn't been viewed outside that's, festivals yet? That's kind of neat, though, when you think about that, too. So, that's cool. Yeah, but... You're right, it gives Chrome Skull a little bit more of a backstory. I don't think we needed to learn his name in this one. Nah, it doesn't really make a fuck difference. All it does is be like, oh, they were so uninventive with the name that his last name includes Chrome. Uh, yeah. Chrome means? <laughs> yeah. Even the gal, like, at the beginning, it didn't click the first time, but the second time through, Jonathan and the other gal, Jamie, mm-hmm. she's, like, reading the license plate. Like, what does that say? Because they think... The brother-in-law is fucking mm-hmm. the toot. <laughs> but anyway, what I like, there's two lines, almost back-to-back. And the first one is when Chrome Skull gets into the hearse and he puts on the radio. It says, Baptist Jesus, the Catholic Jesus, and the Jesus up on Broadway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> and the second one is like almost immediately is with the, the Ravers. The second best song in, the, in this Ever, movie. dude. I was like, this is so fucking funny. It's... uh. What's your favorite type of bitches, Tyler? Sexy bitches. <laughs> Sexy bitches are my favorite type of bitches. It's like that shit is ridiculous. All right. Anyway, yeah. Two things that let me know this also wasn't shot in North Carolina. <laughs> There's a Natty Bow oh. advertisement in the uh, store that she's in because she has to get the tape. And the ravers are in the store. And the second one is Utz potato chips. It's like those are both specifically like mid-atlantic products so the natural bohemian beer was brewed in baltimore Utz is from pennsylvania it's like yeah so that rolls north carolina out but they're still trying to make it feel like that but anyway there's some cool scenes in this too oh my god so we skipped a little bit ahead to sexy bitches but i didn't have much else to add other than i fucking lost (laughs) it when they were trying to break into chrome skull's phone oh yeah yeah oh my gosh die (laughs) No, not that. The Chrome Skull. Oh, that was a good one, too. <laughs> yeah, well, he gets out of the car, and, like, he's starting to think. He's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, comes back, and I got it. I fucking got it. But that is funny. I mean, some of that is silly, and it also makes me think, like, they're typing in that shit fast for those T9 type of... Uh, yeah. It's like... Oh, I remember when I was good at that. <laughs> you know, I tried it, and I'm no longer good at it. It's like, they were fast on that shit. But there was a time. Like, my thumb feels like it's going through muscle memory right now, but it's not. Like yeah. I'm, I'm writing bullshit right now. <laughs> it was pretty quick, but it was clear. It was still pretty good. 
in your eight. And the Raver guys, they were actually pretty solid for their characters. Thomas well, Decker and Anthony. Right. First off, like my jaw dropped when I saw Havoc. I was like, I recognize this guy. <laughs> That's cool. Then the fucking boom headshot, and I'm like, why did you use CG? Yeah, it was still pretty Scanners good, though. that bitch, but... Yeah. I like that. I was like, that was actually a really cool death. Like, It was still it's... really cool, but... Yeah, I know what you're saying, though. I was instantly like, oh, that was a CG head splatter. Uh, it certainly was. It was, but... All right, so that was the eighth death. Ninth death is Anthony getting decapitated right. by Chroma Skull. And then that's when we learn about the cyanoacrylate, the superest of all glues. See, you looked up the interesting things, like Swedish blowjobs. That's the only thing I looked up was <laughs> the cyanoacrylate, which wouldn't cause it to fucking smoke and no. burn on your skin unless it hit, like, denim. Ooh. Denim and fiberglass and carbon fiber, it has an intense exothermic reaction with. Nice fire <laughs> so if his mask would have been made out of his jeans uh, <laughs> then yeah that shit well it's chrome so end. it's not fiberglass no, yeah, no denim it's and that's the other thing i think if it was because of the composition of the mask the reaction would have happened as soon as it got put on the mask rather than coming his contact. skin mm-hmm. yeah it makes sense but even that was pretty fucking dope that was fucking killer that was good effects it's like oh damn i was not expecting just a skull face behind that no it's like oh this is weird and well the whole reason why she remembers certain things too she sees a fucking baseball bat and it triggers her moment where she yeah she's like oh i was a prostitute (laughs) whoops him coming after her in the cooler was super fucking dope that was good i I liked liked it i liked him just being out of reach but the way the camera focused on him and him through and shit like that no those were good moments like especially with his aesthetic anyway yeah that was it fits that whole scene and then him just being like well fine here you go then i'll show you the rest of the tape second get to you so here's your tape second thing that was foreshadowed it was steven sean whalen's character with the tire sealant because yeah. he mentions that way back just, early yeah, in the film. We just sprayed in his ear. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, that makes it funnier the second time through. Causes on death. And from what I read too, is like during the film circuit that it was on, mm-hmm. they said there was a lot of people that was like, that was a laugh out loud moment because it's like silly, you know? But it was still good. I still liked that it. That was cool. I, yeah, I really liked it. He um, was the 10th death. 11th death was, I put in question marks because he got stabbed. Tucker. Oh, yeah. I don't think he dies till later. Right. So he would have been actually the last death, if that's the case, because Chrome Skull dies. So that leaves open the question, too, right? Wait. Spoilers. One, two, three. All right. So that's what I'm getting at, right? You would think that. Yeah. All right. So old uh, Tiki Biggies, she gets out, and she goes into... Before we get... I want to say I can overlook it. Like, I don't mind it, because I've watched enough of these movies... But I do want to point out that when I thought critically about it, <laughs> getting shot in that mask would suck balls. No shit. I would not Dude, feel good. Even when you have like fucking bulletproof on, it's supposed to be like taking what, like a 90 mile per hour fastball to the chest? I've taken, not that fast, but I've taken fastballs in the back. And that shit does not feel good. Yeah. So it's that, but to your face. Yeah, no, thank you. Because that thing doesn't have padding behind it. We keep seeing him just put the adhesive on and just throwing it on. Well, not only that, like, he teases her, too, with the fact that his eye, like, that wound or gash, whatever the fuck he's got, it doesn't make a fuck to him. 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel that pain. He smears it on her. But that would still suck. Like that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. For anybody, right yeah, Fucking... dude. I don't even want to think about that. That would suck. <laughs> but that's the other thing. Like I'm like, I don't mind that much. No, nah, I have I to write mind. it down because as I was sitting there thinking critically about my second viewing, I'm like, ooh, that blows. But I right. was thinking more like, I don't want to get shot in the face <laughs> with that mask on. Fuck but no. I don't care if he shrugs it off. I was like, yeah, this party is over. That shit sucked. <laughs> but yeah, y'all can go. Y'all you y'all can live now. You shot. What's me in the what's face, kind of so. funny though, for all intents and purposes, is like. I think I'd be trying to be shooting him somewhere else besides his mask. Right. Perhaps, you know. The big metal thing? Yeah. yeah I'm aiming That's not really my target. <laughs> I'm probably looking for the chest. <laughs> at least wound him. The point I was making, too, is like after she does her thing with Chrome Skull, and she's pretty much like, well, she does know who she is now at this point. She left a note. Mm-hmm. But then she also leaves with Tommy. They're yeah, going to uh, Atlanta. Mini Ryan Fleep. Right. <laughs> They're going to Atlanta. I was like, I've been to Atlanta. It's pretty nice. It's not the greatest of places, but it's not bad either. <laughs> you know? So maybe she's in for a letdown. But uh, <laughs> I was like, well, the note, too, was kind of interesting in a way. I honestly barely paid attention to the note. All it pretty much was just saying, like, you know, the guy that she fucked up, he's responsible for the girls that is in the barn, bury Stephen with his mom. That's essentially what it is. But then I'm like, wow, that kind of makes me wonder, how does it go into the sequel? Because I haven't watched any of it and mm-hmm. barely read anything about it. But I was like, it's not bad. From what I understood, too, is like the sequel is a little bit better rated than yeah, the original, too. So I was like, you know what? And it wasn't the greatest. It was a little bit more brutal, I think, too. I was like, it wasn't the greatest of films we've ever watched. It's fun. If you can not try to take this film too serious. Oh, here's my very last note. The police showing up made me groan. <laughs> that fucking brick joke was so telegraphed throughout the movie. Well, of course, man. My note is police. Derp. Derp. <laughs> yeah, cops arrive. Of course they do. Derp, 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 derp. <laughs> but yeah, I, like, I am open to watching the sequels because I know there's a third one as well. So, all right. Is it out or are they still making it? I'm not sure. I think it's called Exhumed. So makes me wonder, like... All right, how do they continue this on? Because A... I know a little bit, so I'm not going to say anything. Right. The kills were awesome. Special effects were awesome. I know we've harped on that a couple of times. The character is really cool. It was cool seeing a lot of these familiar faces. And even though we've critiqued her acting, she was still pretty decent in the film. Right. She's not the worst in the world. No, she no, doesn't no. ruin the movie. It's just extremely obvious that she's also the worst part of the movie. If she had to carry this film by herself... No. It went out of work. You have Sean Whalen and Kevin Gage. Right, which gives her something to work with and vice versa. It's like mm-hmm. they three together carry the film well, you know, those two being the strongest. And then everybody else wasn't bad either. Like, even for the Raver kids, it's like, oh, they're going to douche it up, like stupid douche it up. But they're uh, actually kind of funny. <laughs> dude, just because of sexy bitches. Right. I mean, that that's and the most ridiculous. A little bit of the banter. Thing. Yeah. You know, with uh, the store clerk, it's like that's not bad. It's actually, Havoc. yeah, it's pretty decent. You know, it wasn't bad. Sexy bitches was that was so ridiculous. <laughs> I was rolling. I couldn't wait to ask you what your favorite type of bitches were. <laughs> so it's stuff like that, man. It made me chuckle a couple times. It was cool seeing Sean Whalen in it. I was like, man, please don't let him die because he's probably the best part of this film. <laughs> oh yeah, he legitimately might be the best part of this film. 
At least he went out in a pretty cool way. Yeah, he did. I mean, he foreshadowed his own death, which a little bit of clever writing. I'll give him that. Yeah, because you don't think they're actually going to do that. No, of course not. Especially not the first time. You would feel like that's just a throwaway line. I didn't think about that line the first time through. That's what I'm getting. It's That's why it's fun seeing it the second time through. Is like, even though I know what it's going to get. I laughed when it I came picked up, up the on first things. time through. It's not yeah. like I completely ignored it. But right. I didn't immediately remember that he said it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's clever, man. It's Even though, like I said, it's not the strongest we've ever seen, but it's still fun. It's a, a really cool entry into like that wave of slasher films that have been coming out recently. I really want to see the second one. That's what I'm saying. I know I'm it's available. I'm really going to hold off on it so we can just do it for the podcast at some point. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun, man. We've talked about, I know you and I have talked about one of the actors who makes his, uh, I guess, oh, yeah. appearance in it. Brian Austin Green. Yeah. So that makes it even more interesting. I'm curious now. Yeah, for sure. We know that a lot of these people do return in a little bit of spoilers. Some of them return in different characters. Mm -hmm. So there's that too. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it, man. It wasn't quite what I was expecting. You know, I have to be honest a little bit here. But I still enjoyed it. I still liked it. I've brought it up a couple times. This movie ultimately reminds me a lot of Terrifier. And I think Terrifier is a little bit better. I agree. Terrifier being better doesn't mean that this isn't good. I agree once again. You know, and they have their own merits it works off of, right? And I think both, too, the more that you kind of watch it, I wouldn't say you have to watch this one a lot because it's pretty simple, but watching it, say, twice in two days, right, it gives you time to digest and pick up on the little subtle things they're doing. It's like, it's not bad. It's actually pretty decent. They, they had a vision. They went through with it and... Even though it's a little stilted here and there, it still does really well. Yeah. It lands. Shit. And that's the thing. Ultimately, I'd recommend it. I would too. I'd say if you like... Especially if you like Terrifier. Yeah. If you like Terrifier, I know we haven't done it, but if you like Hatchet and films like that, I think you'll have a lot of fun with this one. Oh, shit. So, (laughs) everybody put on (laughs) your big pointy hats. Not your big pointy hoods. Not the hoods. The hats. (laughs) The hats. Because next week, we're going to get a little witchy. Next week, you guys should probably be ready to listen to us talk about the craft. Yeah, I'm sure both of us have a little bit of a history with that one. At this point, it feels like ancient history because it's been a while since I watched it. We're getting a little older. This (laughs) is a movie that I'm genuinely really excited to rewatch because I think this is probably going to be the viewing that I get the most out of it that I ever have. Nice, dude. So I'm super looking forward to watching that coming up this week. I hope you all are looking forward to hear us talk about it next week. And in order to do that, it'd be super helpful if you just hit subscribe, however you're listening to us right now. You can always head over to our website, www.friedsworms.com. There's other ways to listen to us up at the top. The latest episode is always streaming down at the bottom. You can find our archives in the middle as well as portals to all of our online shit, the Facebook, the Insta, the Twitter. You can always just search for Fight Squirms on that shit, though, too, and it should pop us up because we're the only ones with that dumb <laughs> of a pun out there. <laughs> Still works. Yeah, even more fried than normal. We've been fucking dabbing it today. Oh, dude, yeah, Ooh. maybe we should talk about that, too. I know I didn't mention earlier, but that's another one of the things I did this week was I actually got my card. So right, I'm in so the family. legal now. Legal beagle. So we're going to talk way more about weed now. Yeah, which that's going to be fun. We so. wanted to keep it kind of down while, well, while you weren't legal. <laughs> right, but now that I now am. we're both legal. I, we're both out. <laughs> God, some of our guests are legal, too. So. I know. So it's really cool. It makes it even that much more fun. So, yeah, we've been dabbing. We've had, what, some 
Mandarin Sunset Sunrise? Like, yeah, some Mandarin Sunrise, I think it's called. Had some lemon Skittles. Yeah. My shit that we've been hitting is some fucking Blue Dream Concentrate. So. Hell yeah. It's good stuff all around. No complaints. Oh, that's been good. Where were we? We were talking about something. Oh, we're just kind of going through our, our weekly spiel, but I'm just saying that's just another one of those cool things now we can kind of showcase in the future. That's right. I mean, okay. Here in Montana on the medical program, we're tied to one shop right now. You got your shop, I got my shop. We'll highlight them from time to time. But the exciting thing is, in the future, it's looking like it's going to be untethered. Which is going to be awesome. (laughs) So we'll be able to go get our medicine wherever we want to. That's right. At which point, we will definitely be just like, the shop has the shit right now if you're in the current area. Our tricks and treats. But that's a little bit further down the road once things yeah, get exactly. untethered. Like, as it is right now. It's like, getting close. Like, I, I don't mind, like, being like, yo, like, Greenhouse Pharmacy gets me fucking stoned with their <laughs> shit. But it's also not quite fair to everywhere else in town. Since I chose them, I am also stuck with them right now. Yeah, I know what you're saying. We're, we are tethered to a particular shop. So, But once that untethering happens, that's going to be really cool to showcase what Missoula has to offer. And yeah. the surrounding areas at some point. I agree. Because we fucking love weed. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt that half of our names implied in that. Yeah, fried squirms. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. Search for us fried squirms, and you find <laughs> us all that all over the place. Uh, <laughs> that was quite the fucking tangent. Anyway. We landed it, though. <laughs> it all came back around eventually. We would love it if you kept listening to us. Like we said, we do have a little bit of a contest going. So now you have your first and second clues. Everything's a theme. If you can guess the theme for these three episodes leading into Halloween, you will get some sort of prize. We just don't know what it is yet because we're lazy stoners. So you have Laid to Rest, you have The Craft. Right, those are your first clues. And along with that, if you want to email us if you get it, also let us know if there's any suggestions or recommendations for future films. And also, once again, if you're in the industry, you need some help getting some eyes on films, we're always inclined to help you get a review out there, too. So let us know. To email us and hit us up to try to win something to be yet determined, you can always hit us up through the website or by emailing us, squirmcast at gmail.com. Awesome. That's all I got. I'm fucking... I'm just going to think about Chrome Skull for a bit. <laughs> Actually, I might just end up like getting super stoned and staring at this poster oh, for even it's, longer. Those have been such nice additions. So, And I'm really curious. I think this reanimator one glows in the dark, I told you. So yeah. I'm curious to see what that looks like. Well, that's going to be fun. Especially because it's getting dark because we got fucking late start at this. Anyway, let's get going. Let's get on to our night. I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms. Oh. Dude.